Sometimes you just need a quick overview of the news. Other times you need a deeper understanding of what's going on. The Rundown Podcast has all of that, and it's Chicago-based, so you know what's up in your neighborhood and across town. Listen to The Rundown wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Justin Kaufman, and this is Reset. After months of speculation, Joe Biden has his VP pick for the 2020 Democratic ticket. Democratic presidential nominee Joe Biden has chosen Kamala Harris as his running mate. Kamala Harris. Kamala Harris. Kamala Harris. Kamala Harris becomes the first woman of color on a major party presidential ticket. The Biden campaign alerted supporters in a text message a little after 4 p.m. announcing Harris as the pick. You ready to go to work? It's a history-making moment. Harris is the first black and first Asian-American woman to run for vice president for a major party. So let's find out how Illinois Democrats are responding. In just a bit, we'll talk with Congressman Raja Krishnamurthy. But first, we've got Congresswoman Robin Kelly. She represents the 2nd District in Illinois, a mix of city, suburban, and rural areas that cover parts of Cook and Will County, as well as Kankakee County. Representative Kelly, what was your reaction to the news? Well, you know, everyone was waiting with bated breath. We really... uh, you know, kept the secret close, near, and dear to his heart. So I think he made a good choice. I mean, she's smart. She knows her stuff. She presents well. She really represents America, you know, being a black woman, an Asian, Indian woman, being, um, you know, a daughter of immigrants. So um, she's really the American story. Mm -hmm. How do you think it shifts the political landscape in this country? We did have a black president, but I think that this sends um, a message to, you know, what people call the base of the party, uh, the African-American women, that you count, we see you, we hear you, we know that, um, you know, you help keep our party together and that there are many black women that have something to offer. Yesterday we had Ambassador uh, Mosley Braun on the program. She said the same thing about uh, loyalty and that uh, the former vice president has been loyal, and this is as much uh, of a a pick about uh, history and and moving forward as it is about being loyal to the party. Explain that, because you just said the same thing about the fact that African-American women have been there for the Democrats in the past. We've been there through thick and thin, even though we have been passed over and overlooked, but we we still are definitely, you know, part of the family. When I think about uh, Doug Jones, you know, many people say that he's in office because black women uh, put him there and we help put a lot of people there. And then we, you know, we volunteer, we knock on doors, all of that that makes the party uh, what it is. The Democratic Party, you know, in the in the primary, we saw different factions where, you know, obviously uh, Senator Harris ran for the, the presidential nominee. And, and as we as we kind of saw it play out, Joe Biden uh, became the centrist choice. But there's still this idea of trying to bring the parties the party factions together. Does Senator Harris do that? We're not a monolithic party, so there are going to be people that like that she was chosen, and there's going to be people in the party that don't like that she was chosen. But what I read over and over, that people don't want Trump to continue to be the president. So whether she was their first pick or second, or what the Biden was their first pick, second or third, that he that they are the pick. And they're the people that we are going to support. So, yes, I do think the party will come together. As you look forward, I mean, there's not going to be a convention, which is a bummer. (laughs) Always for for us political junkies to go and and be in one city together. Uh, How important is that? How important is it? Because you've been to the conventions before. Just this idea of of having a a community come together and rally around someone like Senator Harris after a decision is made. Well, I mean, we're all going to miss 
not being there, I think it, I've been to five, if I remember, if I'm counting correctly. And uh, it, it'll be different, you know, but we know that the safety and health of our people, that comes first. You know, that comes first. Everyone understands that, you know, COVID has put a different spin on a lot of things, and we have to do things differently, um, and we will do that. And I know each state is going to try to make their part of it exciting, and I think that people will still be excited, just the idea that, you know, we can move a Democrat back into the White House. You, uh, obviously, in, in a presidential year, uh, this is an important election for Democrats, and, and there's going to have to be, uh, you know, the, getting the vote out. Uh, in your district, in the in the second, that's important uh, for for the vote as well. Not 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 unlike just your your reelection campaign. But how do you do that with COVID? How do, how do you do that? How do you get it, get the word out and do uh, a, a massive campaign when you're really you really can't go door to door like you could in the past? Right. Really, you know, you have to use social media. You have to depend on you know the committee people in our townships. You know, they're working hard. They're having meetings. Every month, every place I go, I mean, when I say go, it's on Zoom, but I talk about the vote and I talk about uh, the census and that how important. And I know we always say this is the most important election, but this is the most important election. You know, we can't have another four years of Donald Trump. And it's the most important election, not only for the United States, but I would venture to say for the world. You know, so, um, you know, just constantly, no matter where I am, I just take advantage you know, of that situation, um, you know, no matter who I'm talking to. Mm-hmm. Usually in any other political season, especially a presidential uh, election year, the, the the work would stop. Essentially, everybody just kind of gets in campaign mode. This is a much different year. It's 2020. We see that there's still stimulus for package negotiations going on, gridlock in Congress. Right. For for you, being a, a part of that body that is in at on Capitol Hill representing the state of Illinois, what are your thoughts? What do you want to tell your constituents right now about where we are uh, with Congress and these negotiations and what you're doing to get us through this pandemic? Well, first and foremost, I want to let my constituents know that as soon as there's a deal, I'm jumping back on a plane to go back to D.C. no matter what this week or next week, whether it's Saturday or Sunday. And uh, the Democrats are constantly in contact. So we know what is going on, but I'm letting my mayors and, um, you know, my government people or my individual people know that we are fighting hard to make sure that, you know, we get the money for local government and county and state, that we get the money for um, testing, that we extend the unemployment, that whether it's campaign season or not, that they come first. Mm. And uh, that's why we're here. We're, we're public servants. So, so that comes first. U.S. Congresswoman Robin Kelly represents the 2nd District here in the state of Illinois. Congresswoman Kelly, thanks so much for taking some time out. appreciate it. Thank you so much. All right, turning now to another Illinois lawmaker for his reaction to the news. U.S. Representative Raja Krishnamurthy joins us. So let's get right into it. What, what's your thoughts on, on Senator Harris being Biden's VP pick? Oh, I think it's fabulous. I think she's tough, smart. She's ready to be president on day one, which is the most important criterion uh, for her selection. But her unique story... Uh, as well embodies the American dream. I mean, uh, she's a, a, a beacon of hope, uh, not only for women, not only people of color, but also um, obviously people of South Asian or Indian descent. Uh, and I happen to be one of them. And, uh, you know, just looking at pictures of her family uh, reminds me of my own. And so uh, it's a moment of pride. 
Uh, you've started to hear from your constituents about the choice? Yes, it's been very positive. I think that uh, people are very excited. I think that um, the fact that she also is someone who has been in the Senate, uh, she led uh, the second largest Justice Department uh, in the United States uh, in the California Attorney General's office, uh, means that uh, she's not only going to be uh, the first woman vice president, but she's also going to be one of the you know, most experienced and qualified uh, holders of that office. Mm-hmm. You know, Representative, we talk about representation so much in this country and so much on this program, just about that's what our that's what the founding fathers uh, wanted when we started this democracy. The idea of having uh, well, you're, you and Senator Harris are just, what, two of 18 Asian-American members in Congress. If the Democrats right. were to win in November, this would be the highest office of an Asian-American ever. What does that mean to you? What does that mean when we talk about representation? That's a big deal. I think that, um, you know, I think that only in America can you have the daughter of a um, an immigrant from the Caribbean and an immigrant uh, from India, um, you know, rise to such a high office. Um, and I think that's a uniquely American story. And I think that, you know, for her to have those Asian Asian roots or Indian roots uh, makes it doubly sweet for someone like myself. When we talk about this ticket, there was a lot made in the primary just about how um, Joe Biden was a centrist. And Kamala Harris kind of fell in that part as well. And and the faction of, of the liberal part of the Democratic Party where, you know, what might be behind Senator Sanders and maybe Senator Warren weren't too happy with that choice. How do you bring the party together when you've when you've chosen two more centrist uh, Democrats in the party? You know, I think that what she and Joe Biden and the rest of our party members share in common far outweighs anything that divides them. Um, certainly uh, what separates them from Donald Trump and Mike Pence and this Trump administration is just night and day. And so I think everybody's going to rally around uh, Kamala Harris as the VP pick, just as they have with Joe Biden, because we can't afford four more years of the current occupant um, who has completely botched our handling of the pandemic, uh, allowing our economy to crater and continue to uh, fall into potentially a a depression in certain parts of the country. Um, And then, you know, quite frankly, uh, we can't have four more years of people being pitted against each other and uh, the race, the racial unrest and everything else that unfortunately this president um, continues to uh, create. And so I think everybody in our party is going to be enthusiastic about the ticket. And I sense the energy and enthusiasm every day when I talk to them. Uh, when we think of, of the priorities in this country uh, and we think about the things that will be debated uh, between the political parties coming up here in the campaign season, obviously the pandemic, the economy and, and the numbers and, and how that's going to turn around. Those are huge stories. And then you mentioned uh, racial justice, social justice issues. And, and in that is police reform. Senator Harris has a police background. She has a law enforcement background uh, from being uh, the district attorney in San Francisco, former attorney general of California. How difficult is it to have a conversation uh, when when the, the candidates at the top are going to be more for uh, their background, which has been in policing, than, than some of the, the movement, which is about defunding the police? You know, I think that uh, 
Kamala Harris is actually the ideal choice in this sense that, you know, she's been at the forefront of leading certain efforts in the Senate with regard to uh, justice and policing efforts and civil rights efforts. And she is that experience, as you mentioned, um, in law enforcement. And we're going to have to strike the right balance going forward. And so I think um, the fact that she has experience in both areas is actually going to be a big plus going forward. When we think about just the where uh, Republicans would see the weakness in this ticket, a lot of it has been on on the presidential candidate Joe Biden and and not being uh, as strong as he was, say, 10, 15 years ago. And they're going to be looking at uh, trying to find weaknesses in platforms and trying to paint this ticket as one that is more hard left than the country wants. What's your response to that? I mean, even even the president yesterday talking a little bit about, again, puppeting this idea of, of the radical left. What's your response or what do you think are the liabilities uh, for this ticket moving forward? I, I don't see it. <laughs> Believe it or not, I don't agree with the president, Justin. Um, I think this, <laughs> what? This is just rhetoric. These are talking points. He was going to use it against anybody that was chosen. Um, look, I think that the president is out of step with the majority of the country. Um, I think that he is being seen by not only Democrats, but independents, uh, moderate Republicans, as someone who is completely incompetent in the face of this pandemic. And he's somebody who sows discord. He likes chaos. He likes to belittle people. He likes to belittle minorities and put people down. And that is just not who America is. And we will not stand for that going forward. And uh, so I'm really excited about the ticket. Uh, before I let you go, uh, I'll ask you the same question I asked Congresswoman Kelly. Just as we think about, uh, you know, as we look at Congress and the gridlock that is that is happening right now between the two per- parties over stimulus packages, where are we? And and what do we need to know? What do you want to tell your constituents who might be living right now and 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 thinking about where their next paycheck is going to come from, or or trying to 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 wait it out uh, for some sort of government support? What do you want them to know about where we are with the negotiations? Well, first of all, if anybody has any uh, personal problems that they need my help with, they can call my office, 847-413-1959, or visit my website, uh, or contact us uh, in any any way, shape, or form. We will help, regardless of where they live. Um, Secondly, um, we're fighting every day to try to get a deal. I think that uh, we desperately need unemployment insurance benefits to be extended at the higher level than the the normal uh, weekly benefits that states are able to provide. We need to provide states and local jurisdictions with more aid, and we need to send another round of stimulus checks to families who are uh, desperate for more assistance, especially with higher health care costs as well as child care costs. We also need to save the postal system, Justin. Um, It's under a dramatic attack by the Trump administration, and it's underfunded. And and with the upcoming elections, it needs to be properly funded, especially because of mail-in balloting. So those are some of the priorities we're going to fight for. In the meantime, if anyone needs help, they can call me at 847-413-1959, and we will spring into action to help. That's Democratic Congressman Rajah Krishnamurthy of the Illinois' 8th District in suburban Chicago. Congressman, thanks for being with us. Okay. Thank you. And that's today's Reset. Want more? Make sure you're subscribed to this podcast. Tell your smart speaker to play WBEZ's Reset. I'm Justin Kaufman. Thanks for listening, and we'll catch you right back here tomorrow.
At a time when information continues to come at us faster and faster, sometimes you need to hit pause and rewind. NPR's Throughline takes you back in time to the source of the news stories filling your feed. Find NPR's Throughline wherever you get your podcasts.